the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. Today Pastor Sean talks about another kingdom. If you have a Bible nearby, head towards the book of Luke. This is Real Life Radio. I remember I had a young man I was working with years ago. I mean, and I knew him for a long period of years. And asked him what he wants to do when he grows up. What does he want to do with his life? And say, oh, I'm going to be rich and famous. Well, what do you want to do? I, I don't know, but I'm going to be rich and famous. And I'd be like, okay, here's the deal about rich and famous. You usually get rich doing something. You become famous for something. Okay. It doesn't work the other way. Nah, I'm going to be rich and famous. I don't, know. I don't know the details. I'm going to be rich and famous. Well, he still hasn't achieved it. But who knows? Good for him. The bottom line is I think we all have this idea that we want to be on the top end. We want to be on the rich. And that's why this message is ugly at first blush. I just want you to hang with me for a while. Because there's some great news on the other side of it. But if you skip past this, you're going to miss it all. See, redemption is the divinely orchestrated collision of my lack with his love. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is the point I want us to have because it's so important. I don't want you to forget it. The key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness. You're like, that sounds like double talk. Well, it might, unless you recognize, oh, the blessedness of the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness. Psalmist, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 34, beginning at verse 4. He said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Listen, verse 6. The psalmist says of himself, This poor man called... And the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. And then he says this, this phrase that I just love, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can taste it. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. It's a fullness that comes from emptiness. And I want to say, before you can be filled, you have to be emptied. I like that phrase in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. The NIV says Jesus made himself nothing, talking about the Lord, describing him. He made himself nothing, Paul writes. And he took the nature of a servant. But the New American Standard, which is a very literal translation, says he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. The key to the kingdom fullness 
of emptiness. Now, I want to real quickly this morning highlight three blessings, I think, that accompany the fullness of emptiness. The first is freedom from the idol of self. Freedom from the idol of self. And just by that phrase, you can tell the next couple moments are going to be fun. An idol. What is an idol? It is a fake, false thing. You know, in its purest sense, it's something we carve and go, oh, you like it? Okay, no, no, take a little more off here. Okay, good. Now let's worship it. Bow down. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me fix a little something there. Okay, bow down. I mean, we look at that and see it as how ridiculous. But yet, we worship stuff we make with our hands or produce with our hands all the time. An idol is dead. We recognize it can't do anything for us. It's empty. And I want to say to you, the worst idol, the deadliest idol is the idol of self. Self is the greatest barrier to the work of God in our lives. As a pastor, I've had a chance to watch it for years in the context of churches. And you may have seen it in business. It's really kind of the same thing. People who go from job to job to job to job to job. And there's always a problem. It's always someone else. And they always run into the same problem. And then they, they end up. And it's like, did you know there's one kind of common denominator in all those scenarios? And I've seen, it, I've seen it in churches. People who, oh, I didn't like the preaching there. I didn't, oh, the worship there. They didn't take care of my kid or do the things that I wanted with my kid enough. And they, oh, the parking was bad. Whatever, whatever the thing is, it's always a problem, 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 problem. And it's like the one common thread of all of it is you. And here's a little secret you can never get away from. It's very important. Write it down. No matter where you go, there you are. All you need is a mirror. Seriously, and, and it's, it's one of these things, it's extremely hurtful in people's lives because we want God to fix it. Whatever it is, my job, my boss, my wife, my husband, my kids. Fix that, God, and then it'll be all good. Lord, give me a better job. Give me a better, and, and, and what God is saying is, all like, no, 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 the, the thing is in you. And this is really good news, okay? Because here's another thing I really want you to get. And this is very important. For some of you, this is the word of the Lord this morning. You get this, and you know, you got enough to chew on for a while. You need to hear this. And it is very simple. No one can mess up, hinder, derail, screw up, however you want to say it. No one can mess up what God wants to do in your lives but you. Do you realize that? Nobody else can come in and like somehow God's like, whoa, that guy's big. I'll, get, I'll stay away. There is no one. The enemy can't stop what God wants to do in and through you. God wants to do amazing things. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. He wants you to do, uh, God wants to do awesome things in you, your family, your life. And the only person who can stand in the way and derail that is you. Do you know why you can? Because of free will. God gave you a choice because you can tell God no. You can look God in the face and go, no, I'm not going to obey God. And for whatever reason, in his wisdom and grace, he gave us a free will. But nobody else can. And so many of our prayers are like, God, fix this, fix that, fix that, and then everything will be okay. And the fact is, it won't. Because no matter where you go, there you are. That's a powerful understanding. And what it means, good news, uh, when you get ticked off at me in a few weeks, you don't have to leave. You can just stick it out with us 
If God's brought you here and know, you know what? Maybe God's allowing me to bump into stuff. Iron sharpens iron because he wants to set me free from this thing. Had you thought about that? I mean, stop and think about it. God wants to do abundant, amazing things in your life. And he says, here's what I need you to do. I need you to forgive that person. Well, no, I'm not going to forgive them. It's their fault. No, you know what they did, God? God's like, no, I don't know. What? Tell me. My omniscience was broken for like 15 minutes. Why don't you tell me what they did? Nope, I can't forgive them. Give them God, it's their fault. And then we wonder why we keep walking around in, the, in circles in a desert over here. Keep beating our head against the same wall. God, why don't you deliver me? Forgive that person. No, I can't, it's their fault. Here we go. God, I don't know why you're doing this to me. I mean, Seriously. It's that, the biggest idol in our lives is self. And now listen, listen how it manifests itself. In Luke 18, 9 through 14, Jesus is talking to some who were confident of their own righteousness. And they looked down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Here's a problem. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. And then Jesus, in his story, says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And then Jesus looked right at those self-righteous people. And I said, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And this he didn't put in, but I'm putting it in. You can take it to the bank. Here's what that means. I'm telling you. This is serious. You need to understand what Jesus just said. If you believe him, you believe that word of God, you will be exalted and you will be humbled. You get to decide in what order and by whom. Because you can exalt yourself, and the Scripture says God will humble you. Or you can humble yourself, and the Scripture says God will exalt you. Because that's what He wants to do. You think God wants to tear you down? You think He wants you poor in spirit so He can keep you beaten down your whole life, and then maybe one day heaven will be awesome, but right now you've got to suffer and earn it. Is that, what, is that what you think the plan is? That's a very warped image of our God. That's not his desire. He wants to bless us. Scripture says he wants to exalt us, but if, if we refuse to humble ourselves, it's like a stiff arm. Humble ourselves and obey. Lord, okay, it's hard, but I'm going to forgive them. You're going to have to help me because I, I don't feel like I can do it on my own, but I'm willing, God, and I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them. And we just humbled ourselves. And you know what Scripture says God wants to do? wants to exalt us that's his desire but our stiff arm of pride and self keeps father on the sidelines key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness we want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to real life radio a service of river city community church here in san antonio in this series called jesus has left the building and rediscovering the biblical jesus in fact you can find this whole series on the sermons link at reallife.org. And here's an invitation for you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday from Pastor Sean. 
Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service beginning on February 1st will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. In fact, beginning in February, in all our weekend services, I'll be sharing a new series called Help My Family is Weird. Now, it doesn't get more real life than that, does it? We're going to take an honest and sometimes humorous look at what the Bible says about family life and see that while it can sometimes be weird, it can also be a great gift when we follow God's design. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message called Another Kingdom. This is Real Life Radio. Revelation 3, 15 through 20 gives us a beautiful picture of this. Uh, Jesus is speaking and John, the apostle, is writing down what he says. And it's a message for one of the churches. This is for the Laodicean church. He says, I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now listen to what he says, verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. Do you know God wants you to be rich? And don't insert the word wealthy. Because he wants you to be prosperous, blessed, and live in abundance regardless of how much or how little you have in the bank. This is irrelevant to material possessions. Buy from me gold refined in fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke, and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And what happens is the idol of self is then replaced with the presence of God. You've got to understand the gift of this poverty of spirit. It naturally leads to a detachment from the grip that material things can have on us. In other words, the things that I possess. It, can, it leads to a detachment from our human righteousness. In other words, the pride and the things I've done. And it leads to a dependence on Father that leads to life. Now this is so important. I know this is hard. But understand, always, 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 you'll never... Appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. That's a fact. Conviction must precede conversion. The gospel always condemns before it releases. There is no one in the kingdom who is not poor in spirit. We can't receive. In fact, we won't receive. We refuse to receive anything from God until we recognize our own great need, our own poverty of spirit. That's why the key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness. A second gift of the fullness of emptiness is access to God's supply. Access to God's supply. And it's really this idea of independence, I can do it all on my own, versus a healthy dependence on Father going, Father, and I'm not talking about being dependent on everybody else and and living off of, of the good graces of everybody else. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about understanding a healthy dependence on Father. He created us, He's empowered us, I need Him. And that is a powerful thing. It opens the door to access to God's supply. 
Listen to what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. That is really good news to those who are willing to acknowledge, yeah, we have areas of weakness. In fact, a lot of them. See, it's, I get to have God's righteousness instead of my righteousness. That train is a sign that the Lord's pleased right now. That's how I'm going to take that. It's not easy being ADD, okay? I get to trust in his righteousness, not my righteousness. That's the bottom line. I get to trust in what he did, not in what I do. That's the whole point of the cross. You you understand that, right? Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life. Scripture says the penalty of sin is what? Death. Exactly. My sin, your sin, has incurred and earned a righteous death penalty. It is right and it is fair. It is just. And Jesus Christ, in his amazing love, no sin of his own, so his life was free to give, offers it on the cross. So that Father can, can satisfy justice in the cross of Jesus Christ and can extend mercy and forgiveness to us. So when Father sees me as a follower of Jesus who surrendered my life to him, he, he sees, and you, you've heard the phrase, he sees one covered in the blood of Jesus, which if you're like new to this whole thing, you're like, that sounds weird. What it's talking about is the, the life given. The blood sacrifice of Jesus paid my death penalty. And so when he sees me, he doesn't see a sinner who deserves death. He sees, oh, debt's paid. Someone who's just and free in my eyes. Someone who's been extended my mercy. And so his spirit can come and dwell and live in me, and I can come and dwell and live in his presence. That's salvation, folks. That's his righteousness versus mine. And poverty of spirit is fundamentally essential to being able to receive forgiveness of sin. My strength versus God's strength. Think about that. I can do it on my own, or I can be empowered by the Spirit of God. Not, I can be empowered by the Spirit of God to live right. I can be empowered by the Spirit of God to make a difference in the world, or I can try to do it in my own strength. And you guys remember tag team wrestling? You're too classy a crowd for that, okay? Yeah, several. And there were a few after first service, so I know. You, you look classy, but maybe not quite as much as, you know. Because, yeah, I remember I grew up and I watched tag team wrestling and I thought it was awesome. I also thought it was real back then. Okay? Uh, but tag team wrestling is where there's two guys on a team. One's in the, re- in the ring wrestling and he gets tired or gets as much done as he can. He goes over and he tags his partner. Partner jumps in and now takes over. This is like tag team wrestling with God as your partner. Imagine that. You're duking out, you're doing your deal, and all of a sudden you realize, I can't do it anymore. I don't have enough. Tag. And the God of creation, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega steps in. Let me tell you, good things happen when you tag and it's God who's in. That's what we're talking about. It's called the doctrine of substitution or atonement. But it's not just about a one-time salvation experience. It is about His power living in me. And The fact is, if I'm not poor in spirit, why would I ever think I needed that? I don't need that if I'm full of self. What do I need that? I'm good enough on my own. I don't need God. 
And sadly, because of free will, Father allows us to say that. But then we are on our own. And the scripture says our very best, our righteousness is like filthy rags before a holy and righteous creator. The key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness. And the last thing I want to show as a blessing or a gift of the fullness of emptiness is the discovery of purpose that flows from the heart of worship. The discovery of purpose that flows from a heart of worship. And I want you to look at a particular passage of Scripture that I think illustrates this beautifully. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus is teaching and says there's a big crowd and they're pressing in on him. So he borrows a boat from some fishermen who are cleaning their nets right there and he asks them to push out a little bit and he teaches from this guy's boat. Teaches the crowd. When he's done, Luke 5, 4 says, he finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out to deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now Simon answered, we know him as Peter, Simon Peter. Well, Master, we've, and you have, to, you have to hear this moment and listen to what he says and read between the lines. Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything, uh, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Do you know what he's saying? Jesus, I'm sure you're a fine preacher, but I'm a fisherman. Hence, I have the boat and the nets. I know what I'm doing. We fished at night when you're supposed to fish and when the fish are most active. Now it's the heat of the day. They're all at the bottom. You don't catch fish now, preacher. And I'm sure you're an awesome preacher, and I love listening to you share. It was great. Thank you. But I know what I'm doing. So this is really an awkward. This is emptying of self when he says these next words. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You have to look at his, you have to know there were other boats and they're, they're watching him. They're cleaning their nets. And they see him going out and get the nets ready. And they're like, what are you doing? Well, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came, filled both boats so full, they began to sink. Now Jesus is just showing off. Seriously. He's like, oh, really? You don't think I know when to fish? Well, let's see what we catch. And both boats are weighed down. And... The response from Peter is what is so powerful and so priceless here. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. It's that response. Simon Peter experienced an emptying of self. He discovered a couple principles. Um, Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. And you need to know that. He also knows your business better than you know it. In case you were wondering. Well, I'm an engineer, and you know. Well, I'm a lawyer and I know the law. I'm a doctor. I'm a contractor. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. I ha- I'm here to tell you, Jesus knows your business better than you do. He knows you better than you do. And he wants to engage with you. Are you willing to, like Peter, all of a sudden catch a vision? And, and what's interesting, he had two visions that day. He saw 
what we'll call the the otherness of God, of Jesus. In other words, yeah, this is no regular guy. This isn't just some good teacher. This is different. And in that moment of seeing that he was in the presence of something greater, he also saw himself and saw his poverty of spirit. And that's why he's on his knees at Jesus' feet. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And there he finds himself in that place of worship because of having a glimpse of who Jesus was and who he is. And I want to say to you, poverty of spirit and this emptiness that leads to fullness makes surrender and the surrender of worship the most natural thing in the world. And what's beautiful here, we see this surrender of worship lead to the the discovery of his purpose. You want to know God's plan? You You want to know God's will? Understand your need for him and bow before him in worship. And all of a sudden, your plan, God's amazing plan for you, which he does actually have. You need to know that. He created you for something. He has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, the word says. Plans for hope in a future. That's God's design for you. If you're sitting going, well, it hadn't been great, and I'm walking around in circles beating my head against the wall, well, maybe that's because you're telling him no. And instead, like Simon Peter, you need to recognize your poverty of spirit, your need, your emptiness, and you need to trust him to fill you. Because he doesn't want to beat you down. He doesn't want to take from you. He created you. He loves you. He has amazing things that he wants to do in, through, and for you. The question is, will you humble yourself enough to let him? key to the kingdom is the fullness of emptiness. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.